Did you know using your browser in incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? Take back your privacy with IPVanish VPN. Just one tap and all your data, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be instantly protected. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. Use IPVanish on all your devices, anytime you go online at home and especially on public Wi-Fi. Get IPVanish now for 70% off a yearly plan with this exclusive offer at IPVanish.com audio. Welcome to SEO 101, your introductory course on search engine optimization. So, turn on your computers, open your minds, grab your mouse, and get ready to get back to the basics. SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm is now in session. Is now in session. Hello and welcome to SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm, episode number 316. This is Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and my co-host is John Carcutt, the Vice President of Strategy for Reflexive Media. Hey, buddy. How's it going? A little stuffed up, so I may sound a little odd, a little odder than usual anyway. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, I would catch you before you did it. Uh, you doing well? I am. I'm doing real well. Get, getting ready to we're recording on valentine's day so getting ready to take the wifey out have a nice little evening nice hope you i hope you uh reserved um we got her covered <laughs> okay <laughs> good yeah we're just having a nice dinner at home nothing too fancy i'm not, I'm, I'm kind of anti-valentine's day it's such a hallmark Why are you anti-valentine's day because it's a hallmark holiday yeah i don't like those things i mean it's you know what I, I don't need any reason to give my, my, my wife a gift or celebrate her. I do it every once in a while anyway, so what the hell. Yeah, I bet your secretary hates you then. No secretary <laughs> days at Stepforth. <laughs> no, we don't have a secretary anyway. <laughs> well, that makes it easy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if, even if you're even allowed to use that term anymore, it's not very PC, is it? I don't know. <laughs> I guess we have to ask Hallmark it's if they easy. change yeah, the I have codes. no idea. Or care, but uh, yeah. Anyway, should be a good day. So happy Valentine's Day, my friend. Thank you. Well, I've uh, got lots of news today. It was actually pretty easy to put together, um, yep. which is kind of nice. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I agree w with your sentiments, John. But I still think it's kind of funny. Uh, Google, <laughs> Google's buying links again. Uh, good old Schwartz, Barry Schwartz, had put together this article uh, that he'd watched that Google had bought a. Uh, or, or spent some money on a charity and gotten a link without a no follow. Uh, kind of petty, but anyway, it was kind of uh, well, okay. a tickle or so. I, I'd say, you know. Do you think they really did that for the link, or do you think no, they actually believe not. the charity wanted to? <laughs> As if Google needs the link. But yeah. Exactly. <laughs> that was the tongue in cheek bit. Um, I think it was the whole thing was tongue in cheek and and, and Barry's classically very dry humor, but. Um, yeah. The fact is, uh, it, you know, it's just catching them at doing what they do best, I guess, and that's being kind of you know, hypocritical. But you got you got to think though; it's not necessarily hypocritical because they always do. They've always said that intent plays a, plays a part in what they do, right? So if they if they if that got red flagged by one of their their people 
you know, and they were actually analyzing it to see if this is a problem for this website, intent comes into play. The humans can look at it and say, well, they didn't do this for the link. They're really intended to sponsor this, whatever it is. They don't have really much control over whether that site puts no follows on their stuff. You know, that makes that makes sense to me. Oh, to, no, well, well put. You know, it's true. It's true. But it is, you know, they do bring the hammer down when they see stuff and and, and they can only guess intent. Yeah. Well, I mean, like if every other sponsor was no followed except Google, then there'd be an issue. <laughs> <laughs> True. Anyway, uh, I got a chuckle looking at it again, like very dry as humor, tongue in cheek kind of article. But anyway, um, it was a, it was it was I could tell people had some fun calling Google out on it. I wonder yeah. if it's going to be changed. I doubt it. But oh, no, it won't be. Yeah. All right. The next one. Uh, this is interesting because so we know that Google uh, has been marking sites in Chrome when they're not secure. If there's like a form on the page or they're requesting information and the page is not secure, you'll get that little not secure button up at the top of Chrome. Um, but it's usually it only happens right now if there's a form on the page and there's some kind of information collecting. As of July of this year, Google is going to identify any site that is not secure as not HTTPS as non-secure, whether they're collecting information or not, uh, which is interesting. And we all saw this coming at some point, I think. Mm-hmm. But but so they're really putting the hammer down on trying to get people to go to HTTPS, I think. Um, it's a bit controversial. I mean, yeah. I, I've got clients who they refuse to do it. They're like, why do I bother? I've got no forms. There's, there's no interest. I mean, and then there is a drop. There is a there is a bit of a um, instability in rankings when you do it. Like, so why the hell would I bother? <laughs> now Google's pushing it, but really, I don't know. It gets a little bit weird. Why? But, but why I, bother? I also saw a report. Somebody did a report, and, I, and I'll find the link. But they did a report, um, a study recently within the last couple months of search results, and and their study showed that seventy percent of all sites on the first page of Google th- through their study or HTTPS, right? Yeah. So it, that's a huge difference from what it was two years ago. And oh, I don't massive. know. But I think part of that is because more and more sites are converting to HTTPS because of this big push, not necessarily because of the fact that their HTTPS are getting better rankings, right? Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. Generally, I would say that there's a correlation, I'm guessing here, but a correlation between um, the companies who take that extra effort to to match what Google wants that are also doing a lot of other things yep. that Google wants. Absolutely. Uh, they're putting more of an effort into their site, so obviously that would uh, connect. Very good point. But I, I actually, Mark Taylor in our community had brought this up, and I, I posted a comment on his post because um, there's a really good HTTPS migration checklist um, that I can never pronounce. Can you pronounce her name? Aleda uh, Solis? <laughs> Latest Solace. She put it together, um, I think it was last year or something, and, and I put a link to it in the community. If you are going to do an HTTPS migration, there's a lot of things to look for from an SEO standpoint, and this checklist that she put together is outstanding, and she keeps it pretty well updated because it's a Google Doc. But go check that. I pronounced Alita Solace. I'm not sure. But anyway, yeah, yeah. Anyway, very yeah. bright lady. Just amazing. Very smart. She, whenever she writes something, it's just like, oh, guy, I got to read it. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> always very detailed and, and well done so yeah this one's one of the one of the better ones over the last couple of years uh, we've referred to it a couple of times when creating our own checklist which is 
I would actually say a little more, even more intense, but, you know, it's what we use in-house. You have to have everything covered. What I was going to say, is yours published? No. (laughs) Then I can't link to it, can I? (laughs) (laughs) Nope. Oh, no, no, I wasn't. No, no, no. Not by any means mentioning that at all. No, it's just, you know, we we put it together and we don't have anything polished for putting it online anyway. So, yeah. I suppose if we actually thought about doing content, which we really should, (laughs) we would. (laughs) So are you going to go back to those clients that you said that don't want to do it because they don't have forums and tell them, hey, forums aren't the only issue now. In July, it's going to be everybody. Do you think they'll still have the same pushback or what do you think they're going to say? Already done. Yeah, I sent it off to the guys when I first saw it and and they said, great, we'll use this. So I don't know what's happened. Um, My this is a first dentist where we hear the most push pushback because dentists um, we find um, are interested uh, when they do have forms, but otherwise we've had a lot of pushback. So interesting. We'll see. I think it's just because web is to, to some dentists we've experienced a very low priority and they just consider more of an irritation that they have to use, <laughs> use it at all. <laughs> it's a lot of old school in there. Yeah. I've been called an irritation more than once. <laughs> Never. <laughs> I think by you at least twice. <laughs> we do have wives, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure I've been... Oh, she hasn't said it. She hasn't said it to my face. I'll give her credit, but yeah. I know I am. Uh, <laughs> okay, so the next bit here I thought was quite interesting. Um, I think we should just touch on a bit of it before we break, but... A link building case study using brand mentions and competitive linking tactics. This is an article from Search Engine Land. And I, you know, I always take these with a grain of salt, but this one had some interesting stuff in it. Um, Andrew Dennis wrote it. I'm not sure I know who he is, but uh, it's interesting what he wrote. He essentially said that uh, um, over a six-month period, they dealt with a very new website with just 15 pages. And they didn't have any content to work with to market. So they were forced to work with, because the, the blog hadn't launched, they were forced to work with um, mention links. And um, in, in this case, uh, they, I don't know why you call it talk tactic one is mention links, but anyways, these are unlinked mentions. <laughs> so mm-hmm. not mention links, but anyway. Um, <laughs> so what they were trying to do is get some exposure out there with, unlinked mentions. And these are instances where your business name is used, but it's not a link. Um, But it's from something highly relevant. All right. I'm going to have to read this because I'm confused. If it's a link building case study using (laughs) unlinked brand mentions, I'm going to have to read this one, I guess. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) um, So... It, yeah, it is a bit of a read, um, it, but you know, a decent job writing it out. I mean, we we all know that there's um, mentions. Um, well, there's the old saying, fairly new but old saying, um, mentions are the new link. Um, so if you know if your business is mentioned in re- reputable places, even if there isn't a link, there is a correlation. But again, we can only guess. There's no proof of that. Definitely tied to local search because we consider those citations, especially if you can get your brand and your the rest of your NAP, um, yeah. quote unquote, mentioned. Now, in this case, he's making he is making the case that the, these had a, a significant impact. In this case, he built them through employee quotes, newsworthy partnerships, interviews, business announcements such as IPO filings, investments, and promotions, and charity events. Now, I would be surprised if charity events didn't include a link. Um, or some of the other ones. However, um, 
in this case, the company had a strong brand, I'm quoting here, and also operated within a niche frequently talked about in the news. This created an ideal environment for unlinked mentions. Even lesser known brands can effectively pursue mention links if they work in an industry with lots of news coverage. Now he talked about how to get mention links. Uh, it's very, I didn't really read this the first time and see it as confusing, but now as I explain it, it is. <laughs> uh, but um, so he says he, mention links, but once again, he's showing unlinked mentions. So a um, bit obscure there. Uh, is, he con- is he by any chance considering no follows unlinked? No. No? All right. Although yeah, in this case, he does show an example where the company name isn't linked, but then there's a link after going to a review about that product. Mm. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> um, so where was this article again for everybody? It's on searchengineland.com. And again, the title was a link building case study using brand mentions and competitive linking tactics. Uh, one thing I, I did appreciate though, was that, you know, he does incorporate competitive research, which I think is incredibly important when you're doing um, a, a strategic link building campaign. Um, if it's going to be link building, not just link attraction, you've got to make sure that you're doing the right things. Um, mm-hmm. Even link attraction, you need to know that what content is working, which is why we do authority building plans. Um, in this case, uh, he does research to find out what kind of backlinks competitors have and then sees whether or not those are low-hanging fruit for his own client. Uh, I mean, this is link building 101. Uh, you, right. you need to do that kind of work. Um, and he, then he shows results in the end. Uh, the campaign received 64 links over six months, but that, cor- again, correlation isn't necessarily causation, but he says here 146% average increase in ranking position for 17 tracked head term keywords, 43% growth in organic traffic overall. Does he say how many of those unlinked brand mentions he got? Yeah, no. Uh, no, he didn't. He didn't parse it out that way that I can see here. Huh. Uh, All but right. I, I would, I would take him to a task on his wording, though. That's for sure. Mention links versus, yeah. Anyway, well, I probably didn't help anyone trying, listening. I think he's trying <laughs> to coin a new phrase. Mention links. Uh, yeah, I agree. It, it, it's it's so way even, too obscure. That's a great way to confuse a client. Even though the term brand dimensions has been around forever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, anyways, I think he probably just got too wrapped up in the details here. Because I, I think he, he generally did a decent job of putting this together. I think it's lacking a little bit of depth and proof. Um, but, you know, typically these do because he can't show the client. In this case, he doesn't. So are you going to make this a, a weekly feature where you critique one of the search engine land articles? Yeah, I was just thinking about how weird it is to be critiquing one, but uh, this turned into a, hey, this is good to, oh, you know, maybe there's some problems here. Yeah, sorry, Andrew, if you're listening, I doubt you are, but if you are, I didn't mean to do that. But uh, overall, I think uh, well-intended. <laughs> I'll put it that way. It, it's a good attempt at a save. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll be right back. SEO 101 will be back right after recess. Hello, I'm Hector Elizondo, and I want to talk to you about getting older. My body hurts, my joints ache, and sometimes I forget. <laughs> 
I forget that doing all your own scenes for a movie isn't always the best decision, especially when you're galloping high speed on a horse named Archibello. So yes, my body hurts, but it's not because of my age. It's because I'm living my life. Don't let life pass you by. Take care of your brain health. It may just help you stay on top of your game. Oh, Archibello! Learn more at brainhealth.gov. There are those who dedicate themselves to a sense of honor, to a life of courage, and a commitment to something greater than themselves. They have always defended this nation and each other. They still do. The few, the proud, the Marines. There are over 70 million active podcast listeners in the U.S. WebmasterRadio.fm reaches them all with the largest global distribution of any online business-to-business podcast network. Through iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, we can target and place your message in front of those active listeners immediately. Now, your message can be delivered with less commitment and investment on over 20 hours of weekly original content hosted by the most respected names in digital marketing. Email sales at webmasterradio.fm today and get your message delivered now. Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Welcome back to SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm. Hosted by John Carcutt, the Vice President of Strategy for Reflexive Media, and myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, Inc. All right, next. Google is... What's this? So this was weird. This is one of those kind of things that sometimes as an industry, we really get caught up in the weeds and it drives me nuts sometimes so all this week there's been this on and off discussion about um a change google made to search console so you know you can go into google search console and you can request that google crawl a specific page you know just you know through crawl feature crawl this page and there used to be a limit on how many times you can do this and it would tell you how many what your quota was and how how many times a month or a week i can't remember how it was broken down but how many times you could do it well they 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 removed that limit so everybody freaked out thinking does this mean it's unlimited blah 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 and finally they came back so if you've been following this and you haven't heard yet google has confirmed that the limits are still in place they're just not telling us anymore so it's it's one of those things where People could get, easily get confused and get the wrong information. I just want to make sure that we let everybody know that, yes, there are still limits. If you go into Google Search Console and you're having them crawl pages, even though the little counter thing is not there anymore, there's, you still can only do it so many times a month. Um, I don't remember off the top of my head what that number is, and I don't even know if the number is the same. They just Google just confirmed that their limits are still in place. There are limits in place. But this is one of those things that sometimes we as SEOs tend to really focus on things that are a waste of time. So I just want to make sure people weren't confused about this. That says, so you know, yes, there's limits in place. If you use this on a regular basis, um, you still get those limits. Hmm. And that's just for when you're fetching as Google to yeah. to index. Correct. Yeah. Um, which, why would, uh, why would someone use that? 
Um, and actually, there was a forum on Facebook where someone was talking about this the other day. Um, this was a really good solution for them. They had a relatively small site, and they had ended up making um, URL changes. on. It was like a 10 or 15-page site, and they had to change this. And they needed to get it re-indexed quickly because they were it was tied to some event that was going on. But all the old URLs were indexed, and they wanted to get the new URLs indexed um, because – there's a little bit complicated, but to get it indexed quickly, instead of waiting for the crawler just to come by and, and index the pages on its on its regular um, routine, they went in and for like the 10 page site, they requested the, the fetch and, and index these pages in search console to kind of bypass waiting for the crawler. So they got them indexed quicker. That's one reason to use this. Other reasons to use this tool is if you're having problems because a page is not being indexed correctly. Um, maybe it's not showing the right title tag or description or there's weird problems with the way it's being indexed or you're not sure why it's not being indexed at all. You can ask Google, say, please, in Search Console, fetch this page and show me how you index it or show me what's going on when you look at this this particular page. And it'll give you some of the information about how they see it. It'll break down the code. It'll show you what they are seeing. Yeah. Good. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a very handy feature. I probably yeah. should be using it more often than I do, but I, I do find it uh, quite revealing when you have a bit of a, an odd or a page that doesn't doesn't seem to be showing up or uh, it just doesn't seem to be correctly. I don't know. It, it's just nice to do some troubleshooting with. And 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 John Mueller when he, when he was talking about this when he said yes we do have quote is still in there. He said one of the reasons that he said specifically why they did this is because people were using this tool to bypass the crawlers to get their sites indexed, right? Which to me is is not a good use of this tool, especially if you have a large site. Um, but obviously too many people were doing that to where Google had to take some action. Excellent. One thing I wanted to interject here was uh, since you meant jo mentioned John Mueller, I've uh, had a nice little surprise. Oh, <laughs> I, I saw that. Twitter that, very often. That was cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, he, someone asked him on Twitter, any podcast apps for Android phones with podcasts about SEO and related subjects? John replied, he says, I love Player FM. I guess that's where he listens to his podcast. He says, I enjoy the SEO po podcast by Kate Toon, Search Talk Live, Edge Web Radio, Dan Schur, and Ross Dunn. So obviously that's uh, SEO 101. So that's great to mm -hmm. hear. Uh, he, he likes the show. Thank you, John. If you're listening, uh, we really appreciate it and keep up the good work getting all that information out there for, uh, well, what is it, the Webmaster Talk Live? Or I forget what it's called. I always remember, the, forget the name. <laughs> but anyway, uh, they do it on a regular basis. Yep, yep. Yeah. <laughs> but it's nice to hear Dan Sure was mentioned too. Dan was actually uh, a, a big listener, or still is, I believe, a big listener of the show. And uh, it, it got him into podcasting, so it's pretty cool. Let's yep. see how everything connects. Now, I'm gonna I'm gonna check out Kate Tune and Search Talk Live and some of the other ones based on his ideas there too. So yeah, I was actually I actually joined a Facebook Facebook group for newer SEOs um, just to kind of help throw in some some. Uh, comments every once in a while and help uh, actually I find myself more often than not I'm kind of hammering down incorrect information than providing good information <laughs> but not because um, you don't not because you like doing that <laughs> right no I'm just trying to keep I, I just trying to be a little bit of a uh, um, reasonable 
mind in that group. Anyway, um, it was funny because the guy that started the group, um, after I posted the first time, he like he, he was like, oh, my God, I listened to your podcast all when I was learning this stuff. And and it was just kind of weird. But it, it was, is. It, it, but it's <laughs> nice that we've had an impact. It is. And I love all you guys that listen. It's it'll never ever be anything but cool when we hear that you do <laughs> just totally <laughs> blows my mind yeah. um anyways um next up here is that google gets in on a story craze with new amp stories format so we talked a lot about amp that's the accelerated mobile pages uh, a while back when it first came out it's been a bit quiet for a while i mean it's not that nothing's been happening. It's been actually proceeding and progressing uh, quite a bit since then. It's just not usually in our wheelhouse. Uh, however, I, this was interesting. I, I thought it was worth a mention. Um, what's happened is apparently stories are, are quite common in, in other um, areas. And I guess you have an Apple or an iPhone. It was, it's pretty prominent in there, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Um, anyways, essentially they're... Uh, very clearly story-based um, news that come up on a page quickly um, on your on your phone. Well, in this case, Google is getting into it, uh, and they're encouraging uh, users to create content exclusively for stories. Now, they're talking mainly with big, big news providers such as Washington Post and uh, CNN and uh, SB Nation and uh, some some larger uh, businesses. Um, not to say that other people can't do it, but that's who they're focusing on. Um, the uh, quote here, the Washington Post lead product manager, Dave Morrell, told me, I get this, by the way, this is uh, by Michelle Robbins at Search Engine Land, told me that the ideal candidate for AMP story treatment is a highly compelling and visual story that you can tell in a few slides. He also thinks video within AMP stories will be a primary driver of engagement for users, unquote. Um, some of the key points here, uh, obviously Google's already built in monetization. That's just their way. Um, they're okay. expecting to see interstitial display ads, video pre-roll and sponsored content. Uh, and they're going to try and see what works best in a non-intrusive way. Didn't they have a big thing about interstitials being bad and now they're going to go back to it? I don't you get betcha. that. You betcha. No, uh, never hypocritical. Never at all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways it's uh I, I do like how fast amp works on a phone gotta give them give them that i know there's been a lot of pissed off companies not enjoying having to fit the guidelines for amp but uh did you guys have much of a problem with that when you were at your last place um not not really actually we were we had a pretty good team dedicated to it they I think the biggest problems we had were tied to our advertising platforms and getting the JavaScript and all that kind of stuff to work correctly. There was there was a bit of confusion on how to make sure the analytics weren't double counting stuff at one point, but all the stuff got worked out. And it, I mean, it's stuff you expect when something new like this happens. You got to sort it out and figure out. Once you do, it goes. Yeah, yeah. but well, some but smaller companies are not going to have the resources to do all that. It's true. It's true. And it actually brings us to the next uh, topic here, um, which is about uh, WordPress and Google. Um, Google is dedicating an engineering team to accelerate the development of WordPress. Yay! Um, the WordPress but, ecosystem. Ecosystem, yes. Well, I yes. think it's been pretty fantastic, though. I mean, I, um, anything that's going to make WordPress faster to load, 
just plain old streamlined, which is what Google's focusing on. Um, apparently, WordPress has a market share nearing 59%. I assume that means of all CMSs. Um, never mind what um, that's content management systems. Uh, I, it doesn't have 59% of the web. Although no, probably, uh, last enough. I heard it had about 25% of the web, but that was a yeah. year ago. Yeah, probably in the 30s now. Yeah, yeah that's pretty impressive. Oh, there it is. An estimated one third of all web content published is through the platform. Yeah. Wow. Which is unbelievable. No, no doubt. Well, even they mentioned, actually, I, I didn't quote it here, but um, Search Engine Land, um, Marketing Land, all those are using WordPress, too. So, you know. Yeah. I mean, and there's there's sites you wouldn't believe are WordPress that are WordPress, highly customized. CNN.com is WordPress, but it's a highly modified version of it. Wow. It's, I mean, the, the it's interesting. It's an open source platform, but it's based on a company called Automatic really was kind of the driving force behind it. Um, and they will do things like they the automatic runs CNN's website, that kind of stuff. That's how they make their money off the open source platform. Wasn't the Washington Post also? Uh, maybe. I hadn't heard that. Oh, okay. That was the one I seem to recall. But again, uh, yeah. I don't trust my memory. Uh, <laughs> uh, one of the uh, quotes here I wanted to do was near the end of the article. It says, expanding capabilities of the AMP plugin to enable delightful user experiences. That was a quote from uh, one of the heads of this at Google. Um, Michelle believes that you can speculate that the long-term roadmap includes rolling AMP or an AMP-like functionality into the WordPress core. That would be very interesting. Uh, the, the, the part that scares me about that is the or an AMP-like functionality. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's scary. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? As long as Google's behind, I'm all right with it because I'll have to make it work. Will they now? Really? <laughs> well, if they still can stay involved. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess there's no half tees or anything with Google, but that would be uh, more than likely, at least. Um, at least they got some smart people working on it. Yeah, yeah. But, so, but then, then comes back to the point, okay, if Google gets that involved, how long does it stay open source? I thought about that, but Google likes to be involved with open source. I mean, even Android, although not completely, is technically open source. Right. Again, although not completely. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and um, like right. functionality. It's just skirting the edges, right? Oh, yeah. The don't be evil is BS. There's no question about it. Um, <laughs> and that's what happens when you get go to IPO and you lose that kind of control. That makes sense. I mean, I'm, I don't blame them. I, 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 no one expected it to happen any other way. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, take a quick break. When we come back, uh, we'll finish off the show with some community questions. SEO 101 will be back right after recess. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. TopSEOs sends you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let TopSEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. 
WebmasterRadio.fm is the destination for education, entertainment, and engagement. Engage with our panel of on-air experts and peers by following us on Facebook, Google+, Twitter, and LinkedIn. You can listen to WebmasterRadio.fm on air or on demand from our website or through iTunes, Stitcher, or however you get your podcasts. Interact and stay informed. Just search for WebmasterRadio.fm. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Welcome back to SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm. Hosted by John Carcutt, the Vice President of Strategy for Reflexive Media, and myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, Inc. So the first question is from Seng Nickerson. Hey, guys, I'm getting ready to change the layout of my website. I know enough to be dangerous, so I told him, uh, uh, told him. Yeah. I'm assuming him is the developer. Yeah, I guess. So I told him my goal is that I want to make tweaks in the future as needed without needing custom development work done every time. He suggested using Visual Composer. Your thoughts or concerns from an SEO perspective here? Thanks. <laughs> First of all, I think it's great that you want to do your own development, and that's a prerequisite in my opinion. You don't mm. want to have to call someone every time you want to make a small change to your site. Right. No, that's that's key. However, um, I wish I could put my finger on exactly what it was, but we were dealing with Visual Composer recently, and it was a flipping nightmare. Um, uh, I will see if I can get uh, an exact response from my developer. Um, we avoided at all costs, and and I think it was that bad. Um, however. Um, I shouldn't mean that it always is bad. It's just that our experiences so far, and I know it was more than one too, we're not good. So I'll, that's all I can leave it at. Yeah, I'd be interested to know what kind of small tweaks she's talking about. If it's like updating an image because you've got a new um, call to action or um, tweaking a color. If it's small little changes, it, it'd probably be really worth your time to take a little time, learn some basic C- CSS, learn some basic HTML, play around with Photoshop or one of those kind of image editing ed- software things. Get comfortable with that. And if, I mean, if you're in a CMS like WordPress, you can access that code through the WordPress admin section and make those small little tweaks if you have that knowledge. Mm. Um, it's, it might, if it's small little stuff like that, it's, it might be worth taking some time to learn to do it yourself. If, you, if you're adept at that kind of stuff, if you got the mind for it, I personally, I've done that before myself. I couldn't do that stuff now, not without, not with certainty that I wasn't going to mess something up. And I do this all the time. I mean, I don't work really? on that stuff all the time. But no, I'm just not comfortable enough. 
I, I, you need to take it. some refresher courses or something then. I don't <laughs> I just don't do it enough. And that's the thing. Unless you're doing it a lot, you're gonna forget or you're gonna make mistakes. And I, I but, but if it's, it's something it. simple as I want to change change out an image because my call to action has changed, or I have a new special this month, or we wanna I wanna put up something that reflects that it's Christmas time, you know, and then take it down after Christmas. You know, just updating an image or something like that shouldn't well, be that difficult. If he's to using do. Visual Composer, that means he's in WordPress. So he can do all that stuff anyway. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't have to use Visual Composer. WordPress alone does it. Yep. That's I, I guess that's another question. What CMS are you on? Because some of the CMSs make that stuff difficult. Yeah, I guess so. But yeah, and I don't actually know. Maybe Visual Composer works in other CMSs. I, right. I've, I've only encountered it in WordPress. Just whatever uh, you do, stay away from Dreamweaver. <laughs> Uh, I miss those remember, days. Remember I loved it back then. Days. <laughs> uh, I do. I used to do everything in Dreamweaver. It was great. Yeah. Uh, what was it called? What was it before Dreamweaver? It was something else. No, I'm thinking BB was, Ed from Mac. Well, the the main company was Macromedia. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Macromedia, Dreamweaver, uh, and yeah. then Adobe Bottom. Is it Adobe the Bottom? Yeah. 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 And then Fireworks was my is still my favorite. I had to keep a copy of it because it's it's now totally deprecated they've integrated i think into indesign but uh it was my favorite it's just the most amazing little program and i used to dovetail that with dreamweaver and make some pretty fun sites but yeah i uh <laughs> no it's not for me anymore now i I'll, I'll just stick to my developer thanks yeah i think if if you're listening to the show and you're an seo i think one of the things that every seo should be able to do is create a very basic HTML web page on Notepad. You need yes. to know the code enough to be able to open up Notepad, write a very simple basic page that has all the, the required elements and publish it and it works. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah that, that was how I did everything back when I started and that stuff sticks. Yeah. Yep. CSS changes so much though, that stuff doesn't stick with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, CSS changes, and then, and now with HTML5, there's just a lot of crazy stuff, too. So, yeah. the, But the basic, basic HTML stuff, you should know. Yeah, I quite agree. Um, but anyways, yes, yeah, sorry. I would suggest staying away from Visual Composer. Um, if you want to uh, ask more again, I'll try to remember to post something on our uh, Google Plus community about what happened to us with Visual Composer. Uh, just so you have something to go by saying. Um, but yeah, you asked, Idler. I say don't use it. <laughs> um, Divi is a great uh, plugin for doing that kind of work. Uh, we we love it to bits. So yeah, I've been using something. Divi too. I like yeah. it. Even if you don't have the theme built with Divi, you can use the Divi page builder. Um, it's probably not as ideal, but it does work. D I V I. Yes, D-I-V-I. Yeah, from elegantthemes.com. Yeah, good guys. Okay, next question is from Fred Sachs. In a prior podcast, John and Ross mentioned that we should be creating a post titled Service Business, quote-unquote, near me. Uh, for example, Restaurant Near Me, or Plumber Near Me, or Dog Trainer Near Me, etc. Are you still recommending that we create such a post on a WordPress website? Should this be listed as a post or a page? Do you think that this type of post will become viewed as or will be viewed as spammy by Google? <clears throat> me. So we were talking about this. We don't remember ever saying that. We know near me is something that you want to have. You want to be found for um, 
restaurant near me um, or plumber near me uh, based on your locale and how well you've marketed your location. Um, it's just a form of search. You wouldn't want to create a page focused on just near me. That doesn't work. That would be, that would be spammy. So, right. uh, I don't think near me is considered part of the query from a contextual standpoint. It's more of a geo reference, right? So just mm-hmm. like with a, it's like a restaurant in a city. It's restaurant near me. It's more of a geo reference, um, and unfortunately, you can't build authority or relevancy around this particular geo relevance because near me is is kind of tied to mobile and it's it's where you are at that particular moment so when it sees near this algorithm sees near me it's going to go and look for your location and then apply that location to your search query so if i'm standing in toledo ohio and i say restaurant near me Google's going to assume I want a restaurant in Toledo, Ohio. But if I'm, if I'm in Burbank, California, and I say restaurant near me, Google's going to look to see where I am and say, oh, restaurant in Burbank, California. So there's no real way to optimize for that. Um, it's interesting. when you, I was explaining this to someone the other day. The near me piece kind of falls into one of the changes they made a while back and it, um, into the Google or into the local algorithms. Um, and it's especially really going to kick in when the mobile the mobile first thing starts where it used to be that in the local search algorithm one of the factors that people were concerned about looked at is how close was your business to the the the, the city center that you've mentioned the centroid that, the centroid <laughs> yeah and and that was really um, there's a lot of controversy and discussion about exactly what that meant and how it worked and everything but one of the things that's changing or has already probably has already changed is that they don't use the centroid as much anymore as they use the instead of the where is the the city they now are looking at where is the searcher so instead of how close is the business to the centroid it's now how close is the business to the searcher and that's where this near me kind of fits in because it really depends on where you are and they look at that yeah the only yeah the only change is the, the only way that doesn't apply is if someone says um uh, plumber in Victoria, BC. Yeah, true. Then it's centroid. Yeah. Yes, if they're looking for a very specific, but in in, in mobile devices and a lot of these more ge- more generic type of searches, best pizza restaurant. And if you're on a mobile device, they may even, depending on the query, decide that, that they're going to add that near me for you, whether yeah. you type it or not. Or just assume it. You're right. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's happening more and more, again, as you mentioned, because of uh, the user location first or search yep. location first so like mobile mobile first well it's location so, first <laughs> so so to, to answer the question yeah this is not something that you can really and we and and i'm sorry if there was a communications if we phrased it wrong to make you think that we said create a post like this because you you, you shouldn't <laughs> no 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 but I, we might have talked like there's been a lot of things we talked about that could be confused in that realm i think like um creating pages that talk about a location to try to build exposure in that area, even if you don't have an a, a actual physical location there. Um, I've done that for um, electricians and plumbers to say, you know, we do work in this area and then showing some of the areas they work in and then talking about that area. Um, yeah. Then they have a better chance of showing up under near me searches um, just because of that. But even then, it's you're not going to be as likely as someone who's physically, truly there uh, right. in a business. So yeah, it's, it's, it's not easy. To, it's not something you, you can just game. It's something that you have to 
Like if you're picking a location, if you're about to start a business, you've got to put some serious thought into it now. It makes a major difference. Yeah. Right. Uh, it's painful. <laughs> well, you got some clients <laughs> we're trying to work with that don't have locations near centroids or near areas where people are mostly searching. Painful. It, it, there's, there, it's interesting because in his question, he asked another question that's kind of a little bit of a pet peeve of mine. So I'm going to mention it. He asked, okay. if we were to create this page, should it be a post or a page? And and it's it's one of those questions that, that, that if you're used to using WordPress all the time, you, you kind of have in your mind, these kind of things are posts and these kind of things are pages. But if you're Google and you're looking at a page of content, there is no real difference. They're both a page of content, right? Whether you call it a post or you call it a page, the only real difference in WordPress is how it fits into the navigation structure of the site. Right. Which is and where that, post a page does make a big difference. Where it can make a big difference depending on how your navigation is structured. If you have yeah. a real flat blog and you only post 10, 10 articles in your blog a year, they're probably going to be seen pretty much the same as a page, right, from a search engine perspective. Sure. However, if you post 20, 10 pages a day, and, and the, way I like to, the way I like to describe it is on a blog you have what i call transitional navigation which means that as you keep adding content the navigation changes and the navigation and it transitions based on the newest content and pushes the older content down pages have more of a static navigation structure that's the primary difference between the two but the actual page itself once it's been, once it's been found by the search engine there's no difference yeah as like far as way I, I term it with my smaller business clients is I say we use pages for resources, things that you want that are evergreen, the kind of stuff that's going to be delivering traffic forever. We use blog. Again, this is the way I put it simplistically. There's ways to poke holes in this, but it's the simplest way. I know how to say it. And I say for posts, let's put stuff on there that's time sensitive, mm -hmm. um, you know, th th because it is generally date oriented. It's, it's, it will be archived. Um, and yes, it can still be found. But um, I, I like to make resources for stuff that's going to be killer, the kind of ultimate content that's going to stand out. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, that was a good show. I think we got lots out there. Uh, covered quite a few topics. I'm not oh, yeah. sure how I'm going to describe this one. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> the Valentine's show. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, on behalf of myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and John Carcutt, the Vice President of Strategy for Reflexive Media, thank you for joining us today. If you have any questions you would like to share with us, please feel free to post them on our Google Plus community page, easily found by searching SEO 101 on Google. You can also email me via ross at stepforth.com. Have a great week and remember to tune into future episodes which air at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern every Monday on webmasterradio.fm. Thanks for listening, everybody. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of webmasterradio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of webmasterradio.fm is prohibited.